Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Hypocrite Podcast. You are listening to episode number 349, More Musings with Chubbs. And I am your co-hypocrite, and the guy who got bitten on the chest by Brown, black, widow, recluse, spider. Wow. I, I'm just in shock at all of what I just heard. But, <laughs> but, but, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm your co-hypocrite as well. I, again, all this is surprising to me, but I'm your co-hypocrite. And the guy who has a named daughter now. Well, soon to be daughter, but she's been named. Lay it on me. Josephine Page Weddington. We'll call her Josie. Josie Page. Josie P. I like it. May the turkeys shake in fear at the name of Josie. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> well, you got you got lots of explaining to do as a co-hypocrite. And A, what is that? And then B, are you going to survive the brown, black widow, recluse, four legs, cotton mouth spider? 
So I'm going to answer the second one first. All right. And let me take a look at it again here because, you know, this is changing by the moment. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> so I have suspicions about when I got bit, but I'm not 100% sure. It was either A, when I was floating on the raft in the pool Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. or B, in bed Saturday night. I feel like in bed sounds more likely unless your spidey friend was already on the raft with you. So the raft has a pillow that's folded over yeah. and attached to... Uh, you got a little spider cave in there. Yes, sir. Yeah. So See, when you said raft, I, I pictured you with like two oars in the middle of the pool on like a life raft. Well, rowing across the pool. I've done stranger things in that pool. For example, <laughs> the first time that my liner tore in the pool, I just mm. left it for, I don't know, two months uncovered with the liner torn in it. And the liner nice. was torn up at the top of the of the pool so it really the tear was out of the water so there was still plenty of water in the pool and i went fishing one saturday and caught you know several fish brought two of them back alive and put them in the pool (laughs) and i would go out there in the afternoon and catch those bass out of the pool so that was fun there you go that's one way to maximize your odds that is probably the most fun that I've had in the pool. <laughs> yeah, at least so. you used it on Saturday. Most people I know that have a pool, like the only people that ever use it are their friends or guests. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's pretty common. And last year that was the case for us because we were working on our house last last summer and mm-hmm. into early fall. So you yeah. know, we didn't use the pool a whole lot last year. And Expand on the opening and why we're co-hypocrites? Well, it's turkey hunting. You know, in this episode, this conversation with Kenny Mount really drives the point home. And in the real world, I cannot stand a hypocrite. I mean, it's just one of my all-time top one or two or three pet peeves is someone who's hypocritical. And so... This sport makes us, makes me, I can speak for me, a huge hypocrite. Why? Well, I love wild turkeys, and I love them so much that I want to kill almost every single one that I see. (laughs) How does that ever make sense? Another thing. truly does. I don't want anybody else to ever kill one except for me. That makes me very selfish. But yet, here I am co-hosting a podcast with someone else who feels the same way that I do, and we help teach people how to kill turkeys. And our guests do the same. And I don't want the wild turkeys to go away. I want there to be lots and lots and lots of wild turkeys to hunt. But yet, I'm out there and I'm killing them. And I'm teaching, trying to teach everyone else how to do the same and so strange complex i I understand where you're coming from yeah yeah so i mean all seven of our listeners are you know now they're well equipped for the woods yes absolutely look (laughs) any sport that would make you look 
a six-year-old little boy in the eye and just flat out lie to him. That was spectacular, by is, the way. I was there to witness that. Is something that'll make you search your soul. And I'm going to tell you, as pitiful as that was, I would do it again today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. It was excellent. Excellent. To the little boy in North Carolina, there's no turkeys gobbling in there. Still, I'll tell you that to this day. So I don't like what the sport makes me become, but I wouldn't trade it for a thing. I would, there's no amount of money I, I would trade this for. And this conversation with Chubbs is filled with thoughts and statements by me that are hypocritical and contradictory. And I feel, and they're both true. <laughs> that's the worst yeah. part they're both true i really do want to help people kill more turkeys or kill turkeys but i don't want anybody to kill turkeys both of those statements are true i know and it it is an interesting complex i think the conversation with kenny went really well because i mean this is a dude he just turkey hunts man he's not he has no social media he has no podcast he's Start on Penhody some, you know, he's kind of not even really doing that much anymore, it seems like. So it's a good perspective to have from a guy that, you know, obviously is not out for self-glory, you know. Not that me and you are after self-glory by any means. I'm just saying it, it's a good, fresh perspective from somebody that has really no motivation. You know, he's not trying to sell any products, do anything like that. He's just giving us what he thinks. And I, I thought it was great. Me and you chimed in with our thoughts as well. And I agree, it's it's a weird deal, like, with social media, I can't figure out what my next stages are with social media. Because on one hand, I enjoy sharing my stories and, you know, kind of keeping a journal almost through social media. But on the other hand, I feel like, hey, maybe I'm sending people to states. I need to stop doing that. So I don't know. You know, it's a complex issue. But I think this interview with Kenny needed to happen. And I think a lot of folks are going to enjoy it. It's a very cerebral talk among three turkey hunters and i think that all of you who are listening will probably input yourselves into this conversation and you will probably say oh yeah i feel exactly the same way or no i totally disagree and then 30 seconds later you'll say oh i totally agree <laughs> and you I, 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 it's just this is a great interview. Kenny, once again, did not disappoint. And you and I can talk about this interview all night long, but it is a long one. Let's so, hop in there and let folks hear it because yeah. it's long enough. We say it all in there. We'll come back afterwards, debrief. You know, I think we just need to hop in there and talk to Kenny. Let's do it. All right. See you guys on the other side. Listen up. Don't get too mad at us. You probably agree with at least half of the stuff we say. Maybe. <laughs> Let's hop in it. See you on the other side. Hello. Kenny. Hey, Kenny. Hey, what's going on, guys? Just another day in paradise. How about you? Man, it, it couldn't, life couldn't get any better right now. All right. Always good. Except no, it could be I'm turkey totally season. being facetious. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's life's about the, the pinnacle of the pits this time of the year. You know it? <laughs> yeah. It's about as far away as you can get from the real world being turkey season i know man we we people like us we you grind through nine months out of the year just for three you know it <laughs> i know i know and i absolutely 
work my butt off and almost kill myself at the gym to get ready for three months. Three. Yep. Oh, I know, man. It's just, it's just so much fun. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's work gets definitely gets in the way of turkey hunting, but it just gets in the way of living too. So it's kind of hard to find a lot of perks from having to deal with it. You know, it is. Yep. What do you do for work, Kenny? Are you, you're with construction company? Is that right? Still? I sell building materials for a living. Okay. So nice. I've done a little bit of everything in this business and ended up starting to sell for a company based out of Kentucky going on six years ago and been doing it ever since. So Residential or commercial or both? It's probably about 95% residential and a little bit of commercial from time to time. Okay. But nice. Yeah, I know you, sent me a, residential. you sent me a carpenter's number one time, so... <laughs> No, I did. Yeah, I, man, I didn't mean to. But hey, Stuart, you never know when you may need him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, no. sorry, I don't think you need his number. It's like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> no, I mean, unless you get really lonely, but I don't see it ever getting that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know, towards the end of turkey season. <laughs> not. Yeah, towards yeah. the end of turkey season. Yeah, a bottle season. of Mad Dog. <laughs> yeah. And, you get me on uh, one of those... Left him at, you know, left him and he's there at the house by himself and she's taking the dogs with him. You never know what Cameron will do. Hey, hot bottle of Boone's Farm sitting in the back seat. It's, it's going to be trouble. You give me somebody's phone number <laughs> and I get on one of those 16 hour drives I got to do overnight. I'll call him. I'll see if I can strike <laughs> up a conversation, help pass some time. Isn't it amazing? The, isn't it amazing? Like the, the grit and determination you can find when you have a drive like that if you're going hunting. But if you're oh, going to go to Nebraska for like a family reunion, it'd probably feel like <laughs> it'd take six weeks to get there, you know? Yeah. You get sleepy immediately and it just, oh, yeah. it's awful. And all of a sudden traffic sucks even worse and it just everything about I, it's awful. I'd make it to Birmingham and I'd be like, to heck with this. Let's just turn this thing around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Turkey hunting, you can drive to California and back, you know, and not even think about it. Yeah, that's, that's precisely how I am. Indeed. Well, cool, man. Well, cool. I, I don't, Andy, I don't even know that we need to do an intro. I'm thinking we just start with how that conversation just started because I thought that was pretty cool. It's about as good of an intro as you can get. So, that's what I'm thinking. Do you think we need to tell everybody that this is Kenny Mounts on the phone with us? Yeah. The I only people did. that know who I am is you two. So, I mean, it really doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, you don't have any other social media, so that that would be the only place, I guess, from from YouTube for the masses. Kenny, I'm I'm hesitant to tell you this, but your episode, oh man, is one of, if not the most widely acclaimed episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast there has ever been. Which means there's been two people to reach out to us and say, "Man, that was awesome." <laughs> That's that's two more than I ever would have bet on, hands down. You know, one hundred and fifty percent. I mean, I don't even have two friends, so I find that kind of hard to believe. But hey, man, I, I'm pretty gullible, so I'll go along with it. Well, seriously, we got awesome. I mean, awesome feedback from having yeah. you on the show, and you know, number I, one most requested repeat guest by far yeah, in my book. Yeah, no doubt. It's unique because I don't do any of that stuff you were talking about. And I did listen to one of your podcasts you have. I was on my way home from Florida this spring turkey hunting, and I, I listened to one of your podcasts you had with those guys from the Bayside Legion because the title yeah. of the podcast, 
I don't remember verbatim, but it was something along the lines of social media and turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. And I don't really remember that, you know, all the details of the podcast, but you know, man, that's something that I don't know how often you talk to your guest about social media's influence in this game, but I tell you what, man, it's it's definitely changing. It seems like by the day, I mean, if not by the Huge minute, impact. the effect that yeah. it, it, you know that it's had on it, you know. But I didn't mean to veer off there, but it's uh, that no, was I when I saw a... that title because people don't talk about that, and that stuff that's really really important to you know to me anyway. It's yeah. huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's having a tremendous effect on this sport. Yeah. Unbelievable. What what are your turned it upside down? Kenny, I mean, you think it's overall a negative thing? Well, man, I mean, you know, I don't want to be Mr. Debbie Downer, but hey, it, you gotta have you gotta have differing opinions on everything, mm-hmm. I, you know. I think, and totally, man, I, I I'm I'm just you can ask the few people that you know that do know me and stuff, and they always laugh at me because I I get on my soapbox from time to time about it because, quite frankly, I'm, maybe I'm too old, but I do understand some of the reason behind a lot of the social media, and it totally has its advantages, especially for business settings and stuff like that. But when it comes to turkey hunting, I don't know, man. I just think that, I think it's a reflection of our society today that someone like me has a hard time coming to grips with because when I was younger, in my teens, 20s or whatever, we didn't have, that was, man, they didn't get the internet rolling until I was in college. Mm -hmm. So those things were never even, you know, in your thoughts. But to see what is happening with turkey hunting, and I'm not saying it's all negative with turkey hunting, but, right. you know, I'll, I'll have a couple of questions for you guys, too, to flip this thing around in reference to the social media in a second. But I don't know. If you just ask somebody who doesn't really know what the heck they're talking about about it, I would say it's probably got a pretty good negative opinion on what's going on right now with, with what we love and all of this publicity here about the populations and the season changes and all the back and forth. And, you know, I think it's a multitude. Uh, There's a bunch of different variables involved in these declines and all these other negative things we're dealing with. But I think, I think you need to put social media as one of those variables. I may be wrong, Mm -hmm. but it's just my opinion. I, I think it definitely can have a pretty, some heavy negative backlash on the sport big time. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I may be the only one in the country that thinks that, and that's cool, but right now that's where I'm sitting. You could persuade me different, possibly, but and I'm all ears if you if you feel like you can. But right now I'm going to stick to my guns. You want to yeah. hear you want to hear my argument and my sales pitch to sway you the other direction? Sure, absolutely. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, we. I don't think anyone will say that everything that's coming out of social media in relation to turkey hunting or deer hunting or hunting in general is negative. But Kenny, I I believe I have to agree with you that there's probably more negative coming out of it. And, And look, I'm saying this about hunting, but we can run the gamut. Religion, politics, college football, pro football, you can go on and on and on. And I have said this for years. I'm sticking by my guns. I'm going to say it today. Social media is going to be the death of this country. And I swear to that. And I hope I am wrong. I hope this there is no death of this country ever. But social media is a big is is a big downer 
in many, many, many aspects of everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's something I just it's I don't know, man. Right now, I can't I can't I can I could get the biggest, baddest shovel in the world and dig till I'm blue in the face and I can't dig anything up right now to disagree with one word you said. Period. Hundred percent agreement. All right. Hey, yeah. it's been a great call. It's been great having you on Kenny. <laughs> Look forward Thanks to talking for to you. Next you guys take care. We'll talk to you again, all right? <laughs> pretty, pretty solid right there. I, I think it it's one of those things, I mean, for me I grew up and all I ever heard from everybody was if we get more people recruited to go hunting, then, then we're going to save the wild Turkey, you know, and, and all this kind of thing If the more people we can get, the more people we can get. Well, I think we got more than enough people. I, I think we got too many at this point, personally, in my opinion, that are out there Turkey hunting. And a lot of them don't share the same respect that I know the three of us on this call do for this bird. And I, I just, I think social media is compounded. Let me, let me interrupt you. Oh, I was, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but you just took the words out of my mouth. I was getting ready to say, and at what percentage of those people do you think can you attribute their behavior to some kind of tie to social media? Mm-hmm. A huge majority. I, yeah. And they're getting their skill set, the ability to be able to kill a turkey from things they're seeing on social media. Whereas, you know, I'm not saying everybody has to go about it another, the same way, but I mean, I had to have a mentor and, you know, kind of learn from the turkey himself. I know Andy grew up learning from the turkeys. You know, I, I think people learn things from this podcast and things like that, but it's it's just you're so inundated with information on how to kill turkeys and all these different methods. And nowadays there's so many easy methods to kill turkeys. And it's it's just, it's a lot, man. We're creating a, a whole bunch of people that can kill turkeys and not enough revenue and, and people back in the production of turkeys. So it does have some positives. I mean, you look at the save the pulse thing. I know you're not on social media, Kenny, but there is kind of this new deal of like, everybody's getting really into trapping again. I think that's a good thing. There, there can be some solid promotion, but I agree with both of y'all. There's definitely more, more bad outweighing the good. And I had this discussion with somebody the other day about social media is getting so crazy and combining that with the super slam and how crazy people are at, at trying to pursue that these days. Yeah. I, I don't think, and I don't have a huge following by any means, and I'm not saying this pridefully or anything, but I don't think I'm going to like share where I'm going anymore. Because it, it seems like to me people are so into this super slam that it used to be like hot spotting with a certain WMA. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody put a WMA sign and, and it drove people to that to that wma but but now there's so many people pursuing super slams that you know if i post a picture where me and four other guys we dominated turkeys and in whatever state and i put that on there it's like i feel like i'm driving traffic to the state at that point you are yeah but really i mean ask yourself go back to the drawing board and ask yourself why the heck did you ever do it to start with I mean, it's and, and I'm not saying like we we all need to be different. And I mean, if everything was the same, we've all heard that, you know, with whatever we're doing, everything. We all need to kind of have our own way to do things. But let me ask you two guys a question. Whenever it was in your life, whichever of you want to answer first, go ahead. But what propelled both of you at what point in your life did you say, OK, this is something I want to do? And you made the decision, whether it was instantaneous or it just kind of evolved. I really want to get in. I want to. I want to just kind of submerge myself in this whole world known as turkey hunt. Not not on Saturdays when you didn't have anything to do or you didn't have to mow the yard or whatever. But when did you say, I, "This is something I'm I'm going all in on"? 
at what point in your life did you do that? But more so, why did you do that? What 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 made that? What triggered that change in your attitude and persistence and everything else toward the sport? Cameron? And so you're saying for turkey hunting, when that? Yeah. Um, at, at what point flipped. did you realize that this is not going to be a hobby? This is something I want to. And I mean, basically, what triggered it? Like, what what pulled you in this? world yeah. that that we live in what did it for for both of you Go ahead, i hope that makes sense doesn't it you want it first andy you're the elder here okay it, so it doesn't going, matter i mean we're does, going does the question make pretty good sense absolutely 100 yeah yeah, so, yeah no i like that question okay. I, I think that's I'll, a question a lot of folks should ask themselves so after cameron and i answer this question i want to hear for you kenny what the answer is but for me oh 100 for me it was not turkey number one which still to this day was or is one of the biggest gobblers I've ever killed. It was not turkey number two, which was just through terrible luck of his own, a Jake. It was not, but it was turkey number three. And turkey number three is the one that I called in myself on public land in Alabama when I had absolutely zero, zero true knowledge of turkey hunting and zero reason for that turkey to come into me. I am sure I sounded like a goose who was whacked out on meth having sexual relations with a cow on a turkey call. And that dang two-year-old on public ground in Alabama came running and gobbling in. And I often ask myself, if it was not for that turkey getting me addicted to this sport, what would I be addicted to today? Mm, yeah. So that's what it was for me. And that's, it was at that point in time when all hope of me being a normal human being was lost. <laughs> so you considered yourself normal before then? I did. Yeah. Wow. All right. I, that's crazy. All right. You're up, Cameron. For me, I'd say it was tiered almost on the first turkey that I ever saw it happen. You know, my mentor called a bird up for me and it just was one of those incredible days of it was just a cool day we, we didn't kill him off the roost my mentor was like hey let's go walk around we'll come back and kill him at 10 o'clock you know i didn't know what the heck we're doing this is my first turkey hunt and i, I thought okay whatever sound, sounds good to me as long as i get the bird you know <laughs> so we go walk around he calls and stuff we never strike and then we come back in there at 10 o'clock boom he hits it right there you know nowadays i know Hens probably left him. So Bird came in, did it just right. I shot him. He fell over, jumped right back up, and ran off. I never did find him. But I got to see the show. And so at that point, I knew I want to turkey hunt. And so it was a, a passion of, you know, on the weekends, I went turkey hunting every weekend. And I was really blessed at a young age to have access to a cattle farm over a thousand acres of private land that was just loaded and so i was able to be every time i turkey hunted as a young turkey hunter i, I was on turkeys just huge because i was able to learn every time i got to go you know and so it kind of progressed from there and i remember the first turkey i ever know like i called him in 100 it was at 11:30 in the morning with my best friend and i called a gobbler in that was just absolutely ripping it and he's cut off every call i made and he came right up there my buddy shot him and so that like took me to the next level of like oh my gosh i can do this now like, i called him in on my own and i know 
when the pure full obsession hit for me was when, and this is when like my brain flipped to the point of like, I, I want to be able to do this as many days as possible. You know, it's not just a, all right, Tennessee turkey season, I'm going to go most days. It turned into like, how can I maximize before our season and after our season and, and get more days in the woods was in college. The first time I had to experience just starting fresh somewhere new, no, no land to hunt on. I had to just pick some public land and I used Google earth and the, the WMA paper maps to scout and stuff like that. And the first time I did all that work and then just found myself on a ridge that I had scouted and all this stuff and heard a turkey gobble in there. And I had like, I, it just felt like I had done the greatest Easter egg hunt of my life and found a turkey on public land. You know, I didn't even kill him, but I, it, it was like that type of moment is when it was like, I want to do this every freaking day and, and not only hunt, but I love the scouting. I love going out there and looking at the ground and being out there when it's still cold before season and, and all that. So I'd say for me, the, the pure obsession happened in college when actually when I met Andy too, cause he took me on my first turkey hunting trip to North Carolina. And as soon as we did that trip and we camped out in the mountains and went turkey hunting in the mountains, I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to do this all the time. Like this is the greatest thing ever. And I, we always joke about it. I only had one pair of socks. Obviously, I knew nothing about packing for a turkey hunting trip because I showed up at Andy's house with the, the clothes on my back, one pair of socks and a shotgun with five shells. And I was like, all right, man, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, that's no joke. And, uh, but after I experienced that, you know, kind of tent camping, and then you just wake up and you have nothing to do all day but chase turkeys. I was like, man, this is it. This is this is living right here. I got no stress. I got nothing to think about other than hopefully one gobbles on the next ridge. Hopefully one's down in this hollow. You know, I want to work this ridge. It, it just that was when it was like I want to do this all the time. So for me, it kind of scaled up through my younger years, and I'd say college is when it really hit for me. And at the yeah. point, I I didn't even have. I think I created my Instagram account senior year at college, but you know, it, it wasn't definitely for me. It wasn't like social media that spurred all this on or anything like that. It, it, it was an afterthought when I started. But when you started social media was already up and running, right? Yeah, it had, it was up and running. It just wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a thing nearly it's what it is, today. it is today. Yeah. yeah I mean, I I had a Facebook account like in high school, you know, to talk to my friends and then I sure. even deleted that for a while and then I created an Instagram account my senior year to document my trip to the uh, Niagara Falls in Canada. <laughs> and then I didn't even gotcha. use that thing for anything, but it it just the, the sport has definitely evolved into something different from what I started to, you know. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and I'm sure Andy, he's Andy was probably turkey hunting long before social media came out so he's can vouch for probably the days when i started doing it and it's just a it's a totally different world now it's non-comparable to of course i know everything changes and everything evolves but sometimes it is kind of cool to to jump down you know and go back and revisit it what how turkey hunting has been over the years since each of us has been doing it whether that be if you started in 2010 or if you started in 2000 or if you started in in the 80s it's mm -hmm. neat to go back and see what it once 
what it was in those different time periods and you compare it to what it is now and it's just like I don't know maybe I'm I'm not trying to sound closed-minded or ignorant but you you pray that I don't know that it can veer off course maybe and slow down or go I don't know it never will I understand that but it's 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 just really unique out of the direction it's heading and for somebody who doesn't keep up with it like everyone else does on the internet I can even sense it and I I do visit a couple of the forums on the web from time to time and you can see the people constantly bickering and all that and you're like my god this is depressing yeah <laughs> like everybody's wanting to drag each other out in the yard and whip each other's you know butt over turkey hunting and I don't want to be negative but I just I just hope to god that it somehow we can I don't know, keep this thing going in a positive direction. It just, it seems like, of course, the world as a whole, you know, the past few years has just been a mess. And now it's rolling over into turkey hunting. So it's just like, golly, it's scary, man. It's scary just what your children are going to have to face and all the other stuff. But it's scary as as what us turkey hunters may have to face. And I hope it, you know, it doesn't come to that. But it's a totally different game now than it was just, I don't know, man. It seems like just a few years ago, but maybe it was longer. I don't know. I don't think yeah. it's hard to keep up. Much longer. I'd say the the past five five years. Five years has been it. I mean, that's when I've seen the shift. Yeah, absolutely. What was it for you, yeah. Kenny? That you know we had to answer. So, what, what was it for you that that got you to where it went from just kind of like oh, I'm going to go hunt turkeys to my gosh, this is it. You know, I'm a turkey hunter. Man, it was if you could take everything both of you guys said, you know, the the calling the turkeys in and seeing it and and how they reacted and all that, that's obviously part of it. That was cool. One thing I liked right out of the gate was it was a non-static deal. You know, I had done some deer hunting when I was there, and you'd go out mm-hmm. and sit at a tree. Or now the jet's got the coyotes going. So sorry, guys, if y'all hear the coyotes. <laughs> um, it's, it's 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 always something. So. Um, you know the way the way I was introduced to turkey hunting, we were moving, and we weren't going out and sitting against a tree and yelping for an hour. Like right out of the gate, I was like, "Man, this is cool. It's not as boring as sitting in a shooting house or whatever the heck else people were doing for deer hunting." Mm-hmm. So that was like instant, yeah. the whole physical nature of the game. But really, man, what really drugged me in it over anything is I knew a lot of people my age at the time that were deer hunting, right? But mm-hmm. very few, if any, of them were turkey hunting. And quite honestly, and this may sound a little arrogant, but it is what it is. I just got the sense back then that the guys that were really good at turkey hunting, I felt like they were probably just a little bit had a leg up on the guys that just went out and shot the deer with the high-powered rifles on the food plots. And I'm not trying to offend the deer hunters, don't get me wrong, but I'm just going to call a spade a spade. Setting out on foot and setting out on foot and killing a gobbler consistently not the once a season two-year-old that comes screaming in that let's face it our mothers could kill some of them right mm-hmm. yeah but the guys who could consistently get it done there's a little bit more skill involved in that in my opinion than sitting in a shooting house i'm not talking killing world record deer i'm talking about killing the deer that they kill in alabama and stuff like that i mean i may be stepping on a lot of toes but i just I'll think turkey, I, I just think the turkey hunt is just a different game. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that at an early age. So to sum it up in a quick and painless way, the whole, to me, it almost had like a secret society appeal oh, yeah. to it. 
Yep. yep. Nobody nobody talked about turkey hunting when I when I was getting into it. You didn't see the guy who killed one wasn't running around the town square holding it up in the air telling everybody, Hey, I killed number two today or I killed number three today or I killed a turkey and this one saying just and guys, if y'all do this, I'm sorry, but I just get the biggest kick out of it, so I don't mean to step on your toes. This whole tagged out deal that everybody does, I don't know. But I don't know. But like, you know, when people were killing these turkeys back then, they weren't riding around with the turkey bungee corded on the hood of the Prius, you know, showing everybody, <laughs> hey, look at look at what I did. Hey, look, I killed a turkey. Like most of the people that were killing turkeys, nobody knew they were killing turkeys. Yeah, the deer nobody, hunters. Were nobody talked. Yeah, nobody nobody would tell you where they hunted, and I learned that the hard yep. way. You're right. Because I'd go out and I'd hear a turkey, and I'd be so excited, and I'd go talk to somebody, and I didn't realize the the hole I was digging. And mm-hmm. I quickly learned you don't tell anybody anything, and you've got to really. I mean, a lot of people disagree with this, but you got to be a good liar in this game, and you've got to be willing to lie, and you've got to be willing to look a man dead in the eyes and tell him everything he wants to hear when you know every ounce of it is anything but the truth. Now, <laughs> I've seen. I'm I've not seen telling Andy you that. that. I'm not telling you you need to be dishonest in your daily life or professional life or whatever. But if you want to get good at this game, you better work on your line. Now. I don't know about today's world with social media because there's no – it just seems to me like it's lost if these people that are getting into it now. I think society as a whole now wants everybody to see what they're doing and wants to show everybody how good they are, and that's cool. We're probably never going to change that. Like Andy said, it's probably going to be the downfall of things in the, in the in the grand scheme of things, but that's what got me into it more than the, more than the turkey strutting through the timber, more than – I felt like I'll never forget when I picked the first one up in the leaves after, if you knew how long it took to pick that first one up, how much effort it'd blow your mind. And I'll never forget walking back to the tree where I'd sat. And I said to myself, I'm going to learn how to do this. It wasn't like I can't wait to get home and, and run around town and show everybody my turkey. It was like, whatever it takes. And I had never had anything yank me like that at that point. You see what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't just like shooting a deer and going back to the skin and shed and sitting around, whatever. I mean, it was a really big deal to me. And, like, that moment, I had no idea how, what an effect it would have in the grand scheme of things. But it wasn't just like, oh, great, I killed my first turkey. It, 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 it's, I knew at that point something was going to have to be done about that. But the whole society of turkey hunters back then Mm -hmm. it was so appealing to me like you remember that old quote i think it was i don't even want to say his name but i think it was rutledge that said it but some men or maybe loophole or leopold i can't remember how you pronounce it but some men are hunters others are turkey hunters like that's always resonated with me and and i'm not saying we're more elite than you know bighorn sheep hunters or elk hunters or whatever because i think just like anything else I think about 10% of the people that hunt turkeys are really, really, really proficient at it. And then 90% of the people are just out there swinging the bat. But I don't know. I've always thought that I don't want you to know what I'm doing. I, it's, it's, it's like Kenny Morgan said, it's a one-man game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm, a lot of people are thinking, God, you know, that's a little harsh and cold way to view it or whatever. Well, it's not meant to sound that way. It's just meant to be like, I don't turkey hunt 
for you, you guys, or anyone else to look at me in a different manner based off my turkey hunt. Mm-hmm. I turkey hunt for me and me only, and that's selfish, but let's go back to the whole dishonesty. You find me a good turkey hunter, if he doesn't have a selfish selfish bone in his body, you have found a diamond in the rough because you almost have to push it to limits doing this to where you even question your own self because you're like, I know that I shouldn't be this way. I know I need to be doing this instead of that. But it's just like driving those 16 hours you mentioned earlier. We become like totally different people when that mm-hmm. year rolls over into the new year. I don't care if you're eight weeks out, 10 weeks out from your season starting. If you're not already a transformed man by the by after New Year's, the first day of the year, <laughs> you're late to the party because it's about game time. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you wait to shoot your gun and get your calls out the day before opening day, I don't know. It, we're just different. But I don't know. That was a long-winded way to say it. But I think years ago, turkey hunters were viewed in a different manner than they are now. And it was just such a cool – I just thought it was so cool. And I was like, I love the sport. I love hearing them gobble. I love seeing them. I think if you put everything together, it just couldn't be beat. And I don't know if kids now getting into it or – adults getting into it now it's just it doesn't seem to have that you know it's, yeah. it's like an open book now and, and yeah. that's fine but it just doesn't doesn't tickle my fancy the mystique is it, it it's still there but there's not there's nothing to it like there was and i i'm judging just from comments that you've made kenny but i'm thinking i'm two three years older than you it's not like it was when i was in college in the late 80s early 90s and you know i think that the reason it's there you know you live in alabama you know what it's like everybody and their brother deer hunts in alabama but still not everybody and their brother thank god turkey hunts in the state of alabama and so there's still that little just maybe an ember of mystique about it but when we were younger there was a lot of it and it is exactly what you said turkey hunters didn't talk about turkey hunting back then and it was for me you know that's why i didn't have a mentor i I had to learn it on my own and so it was yeah i mean it's it's totally different in that respect today and you know you you people listening to this show and and I'm not knocking anyone that went out and killed their first turkey this year by any means, or last year, or the year before. And we, you know, and, and I get people messaging me on Facebook or on Instagram saying, hey, thanks to you and Cameron, I was able to kill my first turkey this year. I went out for the first time this year, or, you know, this is my first season ever to hunt, and we were able to kill a turkey. And I, I think that's awesome. We do have to have new hunters come into the sport because we're losing old ones. And the sport does have to survive, and there's got to be a next generation to make it survive. But at some point in time, when does a Cameron Weddington and Andy Galliano, and look, I still think our effect is is minimal, but, but they're is an effect and i've got messages on facebook and instagram to prove it mm-hmm. when does a dave owens when does the hunting public have to pull back and say for the love of the bird maybe we need to stop this or slow this down <laughs> or at least change the way that we present it to the rest of the world 
And Some of them need to move to Alabama and see the effect that they've had in just a couple of years here. Yeah, I'm telling yeah. you. And, you know, and, you know, I look, Cameron and I have this talk, and, and I'm being very open, and Cameron may say, hey, no, ditch this later when we're editing. It's the only way editing. to be, really. But we have this talk often, and at what point in time do he and I say, uh, that's enough, we can't do anymore. But on the flip side of it, if we're not having this podcast, somebody else is going to start podcasting and just fill the void. You know, if Dave Owens hangs up his hat with Ponhody, somebody else is going to pick it up and run with it. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I, I just think that maybe it's up to the Daves and the hunting publics and the Bayside legions of the world and the Cameron Weddingtons of the world that have this big social media following to say, you know, to be the ones to say, hey, let's show a little bit more respect for the sport. Let's show a little bit more respect for the bird, actually a lot more respect for the bird, and let's hunt the way that that we need to hunt. And that's not to say one way is right over the other. That's not to say fanning is not good and not fanning is the only way you should do it, even though Cameron would probably disagree, and you would you might disagree with that too, Kenny, but I'm just saying that there's there's got to be some changes made along the line in this sport, and I don't really know what they are, but social media is not going away, podcasts are not going away, video is not going away, and all we can do at this point is just try to make the best of what we got out there and, you know, say, hey, when somebody's parked in your in your parking spot, on that piece of public ground where you've been scouting birds for the three weeks before season, somebody else is parked right there on opening morning and they beat you there, go somewhere else. Oh my yeah. God. That's, I mean, it's, it's like, and I don't know what all your, the people you've been talking to post spring this year has said, but I'm just speaking for some of the places I was a spring specifically here around the house. If you thought COVID was bad here, you uh, know, in this part of the country in 2020, and you think, well, that's great. We're going to roll into 21. Everybody's going to be back at work. This will open up a little space. I'll tell you this. In my years of hunting the public lands around here, I really don't think I've ever seen the volume of pressure that I saw the the first few weeks of our season here. It was absolutely just, I couldn't, I couldn't get over it. And I was just like, I mean, it wasn't just trucks at gates. It was people camping at gates just to hog gates, and some days they wouldn't even hunt those gates, but they would have their tent and stuff set up there, and they'd ditch a truck there, but they'd get in a truck and go somewhere else just so in case they wanted to hunt that gate. And this was happening at multiple locations. There was one spot over here that it looked like the... I don't, I don't know if you guys, Andy, did you ever remember anything that happened? Uh, did you ever heard of the rainbow gathering? Does that strike a bell? It does not. There was this huge gathering back in the 90s over here on the, of hippies. They'd come from all over the country and gather. And they, they were there in the spring one year. And it was a trip, man. Like you'd be riding through there and there'd be a guy walking an iguana up the road. I mean, just weird stuff. But the point is, like, they would congregate at all the gates and stuff like that. And it was a really a big hassle to get in some of these spots to try to hunt. They were very friendly people for the most part, but logistically it was a nightmare. So yeah. this spring <laughs> kind of reminded me of that. It was kind of like, it was like, holy crap, man. I mean, is this really happening? Like it looked like COVID. 
but yeah. I've, and I've been saying the same thing about Myers in Tennessee, and I mean the numbers are there to back it up. Now there was a forty-five percent increase in non-resident sales here in Tennessee this year. I mean, it's amazing. Yes, yeah, everywhere like that. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, for every blowing. two people you usually see, now there's three. You know. I don't mean to go back and beat a dead horse. And yes, I, as as we talked about, the pressure this year was insane. And and you know they're either going to have to we're either going to have to lose some hunters or they're going to have to open up some new public lands. Like we got to spread this thing out. But to go back, since I didn't really have a chance to talk about it, I, I feel like I've been shortchanged almost in my life because I didn't get to grow up or you know be an adult turkey hunter during the time that y'all are kind of talking about where the turkey hunters were were like legends in the community, you know? And, and when I started turkey hunting, my mentor, which the reason I always say that, he doesn't even want me to say what his name is. You know, that's how secretive this dude is. <laughs> so, I love it. I love That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a, I talk to Andy about it all the time. Like this guy, he, he like, you know, anything he does, you don't talk about. It. But And I still don't know his name. Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's true, but anyway, he he put me on the old pro turkey hunter, and he also had a copy of Jack Dudley's book, and that was my like first two literature experiences with turkey hunting, and I was like, oh my gosh, like you could just you could feel in there like the, these guys were like you know Brett Favre or whatever for football, you know these were the turkey hunters like Jack Dudley, and and, and it was just you know I had them up here like these are in the Hall of Fame of turkey hunters, you know. Tom Kelly, whatever, sure. you know, stuff like that. And it just, there was also so much lore behind the turkey. You know, you had the Galberry yeah. Joes and the, the Phantom of Possum Creek and stories of these gobblers. And, and there's so much respect and lore behind the turkeys. I mean, I just like, people can say whatever they want. It's, it doesn't bother me. But like now we got the, you know, hashtag Thunder Chicken, you know, it's just yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, man, where's the... It's like people have taken the sport and and taken the lore of the turkey out of it, and we've just reduced him to this, you know. Because I have people, I have something that bothers me, and Andy and I have debated fanning all the time. One of the things that bothers me is I'll have clients or friends that aren't turkey hunters, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, my son, he just walked out there behind the house and shot one right there, came running up to him, you know, it's the easiest thing ever. And I'm just like, God. It makes it look easy, you know, like it just people are taking it that we aren't like the legend hunters of the community anymore. It's like, oh, they're just going and shooting turkeys. Those things are everywhere. They're stupid, you know, and, and it that's part of what's going on that's bothering me is the I feel like the turkey's lost his lore and the hunters who truly have the skill and and, and like the secretiveness like you're talking about are, are just dying out. You know, well, I think I think and I think it could be I could be wrong, but I think it goes back to just society as a whole. It's all about it's all about me. It's all about look what I've done. It's not about it's not about the situation or the moment or everything involved. It's it's like, look at me. Look at what I did today. I went and killed a turkey. And that's everybody wants this pat on the back and this, you know, there's no patience in the world anymore. If we everything we want, we should have had it yesterday. Mm -hmm. And nobody's willing to to want to work. And, and like we talked about back when we spoke last time about that the invisible ladder, like nobody wants to climb it. Everybody just wants as many pictures on social media behind a tail fan that they can. And I, I do agree with you to a point that the turkey itself is kind of fading off in the in the shadows. And 
because it's more about the the guy with the gun and the the four hundred dollar friction call he's got to lay on the turkey's back to put in the picture and yeah you know all all this stuff yeah, and it's like the that's cool or, you know all that kind of stuff and I, I mean I I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer because all these things I'm saying are negative but you, you get a man on the show you want his opinion I'm going to give it to you and I just I don't know I just it's just like it's I mean. I don't understand it. I mean, I'm just, I don't know, but, but I think I'm from a different generation of guys that, that, that hunt them. And I'm not saying our, our way is the, the right way. I hate that mentality, but I just don't think a lot of people are thinking about what the heck they're doing when it comes to this. You know, I just think they're just, they got to get that picture uploaded as quick as hell to get as many comments generated or whatever. So they can sit there and say, look at what Ricky said about my Turkey. And you know, I bet every damn one of them had a 12-inch beard. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> an inch and a half. Spread. I mean, it's like I've never—I don't know if I've ever actually seen a 12-inch beard. I'm sure they exist, but most people that think a turkey's beard's 12 inches are either having trouble with a tape measure or uh, need to go to Pearl Vision Center. I don't know, but Pearl there's Vision. just not many turkeys around where I hunt walking around with beards that long. I mean, you kill a turkey that has a beard with 11 inches—that's a heck of a beard. Oh, I mean, um, ten, a legit ten-inch beard is a when a you see it, it's like that is a long, that is a nice turkey, you know, beard-wise. I was just being facetious though about the beard stuff, but I mean, it's kind of the same whole motive, you know. Yeah, he had a twelve-inch beard and ten-inch spurs and all this kind of stuff, and it's not about that either, in my opinion. If you want to measure the beard and the spurs, that's awesome. Knock yourself out, but I mean, I don't know, man. It's just. I don't know. I agree with you. That's that's definitely a part of it. The turkey's yeah. definitely losing some of his importance. Yeah. A lot of it, to be honest. I get so many people give me that just kind of turkey hunt. You know, the the ones that are not like eat up with yeah. it like us, but go four or five, six times a year, and they they know that I am eat up with it, and they say, "Well, did you kill anything?" Well, you know, yeah, I've killed a couple. Well, you know, when what, how big was the last one you killed? And I just look at him and shrug my shoulders because I don't, I honestly don't have a clue. I don't good to me. I don't, yeah. And I don't measure spurs anymore. I don't anymore. give it as long as he's an adult. He, yeah. I don't care. He, he was, was an adult wild turkey and he gave me everything that I could have wanted. And that makes him a trophy. 100%. Yep. Yeah. They'll, you know, every now and then you'll kill one that has some kind of cool feature you know, or absurdly long spurs or whatever, and, you know, you reminisce with the buddy. It's like, yeah, that one just had, you know, beautiful set of spurs on him. But I agree with y'all. The size is not a, not a deal. I, I was more fired up. I killed a two-year-old this year and he had two black feathers on one wing. And I was like, man, this is, you know, unique. Like that, how cool is that? Yeah, it was cool. Like, yeah. I don't know if trophy turkey hunt actually exists, but if it does, I feel sorry for those people who are going to take that on. That's, that's <laughs> insane. I had some dude tell me years ago, I don't shoot any two-year-old birds. I only shoot three, four, five-year-old turkeys. And I looked at him and I thought, I hope you ran like hell. You can't be serious. And I said, well, how do you know that they're that they're not two-year-old birds? I look at their spurs. I said, yeah. okay. You needed to, he needed to be drug tested on the spot. I said, all right. Jeez. That's, that, right then and there, you know you're in a conversation with somebody that you don't care to talk to anymore. <laughs> One hundred percent. Yeah, you might as well just go talk to a brick wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay. I said, I, and you know what? You're you're not alone. I've ha I've heard that from people who have 
done quite a bit of turkey hunting and I just walk away and I'm like, man, you must possess something that like less than 0.001% of the turkey hunters possess. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. Well, his tail's too, his tail's too short. He's, I've heard that for years. The shorter tails, typically two year old, longer tail feathers, typically older birds. Does that hold true a lot of the times? Sure it does. Yeah. But can you carve it in stone? Heck no. Not you a chance in hell. No you way. Pass up a lot of old mossy head birds. Yeah. By not no. shooting those short fans. No, no way <laughs> I could possibly in the moment be like, mm, that looks like he's a, that's two inches shorter than that four-year-old I killed. I'm going to let him go. Yeah. I, I very rarely get to see the tail anyway. Like most of the, the terrain that, that I hunt in a yeah, lot, you, you get the head, head and <laughs> you, you got to roll the dice, you know? I mean, I mean, yeah, you could be shooting an immature bird at times and, but you know, most of the time you're, it works out in your favor due to the circumstances leading up to that moment. But you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's a, it's a judgment call and anyone that says, I'd be lying to you and everyone else if, if they said, well, you need to wait till you see a beard or you need to wait to see if the tail's rounded and all that. I don't know what kind of time they got, but a lot of the times I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. No, and, those, um, those public mountain birds especially will, they'll peek over that ridge. They don't see that hen, they're gone. All you're going to get is that long 100%. neck percent. I mean, that's why that's why he 100%. was built with a long neck and head. Then you've also here too an older gobbler will typically have a bigger crown, and that mm-hmm. that holds true a lot too. A lot of times they'll have a bigger head, and a, definitely that yep. crown will be a lot thicker and 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 hang over yeah. more. But I've also seen turkeys that had really good spurs, and the head looked like a turkey of a two year old turkey. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't yeah. think there's a lot of concrete facts with this game i mean you just got to go with your gut a lot of the times yeah adult versus experience yeah absolutely it's uh it can be confusing but yeah if you can tell the difference before you go pick him up then you just stay on your (laughs) part of town leave me the heck alone (laughs) yeah awesome (laughs) they get you a gold star or something i really don't give a dang yeah 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 did you get out and travel much this year, Kenny, or were you in Alabama for most of the year? Man, I got to travel this year, but I'll tell you what, I didn't get to travel like I wanted to, but I'm sure about any turkey hunter would have that same answer. I got to go to about eight different states this spring, but, I, I, you know, I, I was having a conversation last night. I said, let me tell you what, you know, talking to the lady, I said, next May is going to be different. I've, I've been saying that about once every two to three days because that way I'm going to get it pounded <laughs> in her head. That when <laughs> when next May rolls around and she gets ready to fight and you know the crap's getting ready to hit the fan, I'm just gonna point at her and go, "Don't you say we haven't talked about this for the past nine months?" You know, but <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to build my points now because May I didn't get to hit it in May like I wanted to, and but yeah, I got started in Florida I think the first of March and I went to ended in Washington uh, uh, the end of May, so. I wanted nice. to go somewhere in June, but it just didn't happen, man. Didn't happen. Yeah. 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 Well, it still sounds like a solid year. I mean, and you're done with the Super Slam and all that, you know, stuff. So, I mean, is it now kind of more important for you to get those extra days added to your season rather than, you know, whatever state it is? Yeah. It's just something about, it's just something about hunting as long as you can. Like, I don't care mm-hmm. where it is. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're hunting in Maine, Michigan, or if they were going to open it to june the 6th and wherever it's just something about hunting you know as long as you can because you guys are probably like me when you walk to the truck 
and you unload your gun and put it in the case or whatever for the last time, and you know this is it. I mean, it's like that, mm-hmm. you know, your first first crush finally breaking it to you that she was moving on to the next thing. I mean, it's it stings. And so I just, you know, you just try to drag it out as long as you can. I mean, yeah. late season uh, hunting in some places is good, but, you know, some places it's tough. You're just basically hunting them like you would in the fall, theoretically, because most of the gobblers are just more concerned about getting together with their buddies than they are going to a hen, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a, a switch that flips suddenly, you know, and some years it doesn't switch and some years it does, you know. It's just, I think, a lot of weather. It can happen at the drop of a hat, man. Mm-hmm. They just lose interest, but yeah, that's interesting. I was kind of wondering, because you've, is this your second spring after finishing the Super Slam, or you finished it last year in Arkansas, is that right? I finished it uh, two years ago, so it's, this was the end of my second spring since I, you yeah. know, haven't, haven't fooled with it, yeah. Yeah, so I was just interested to see what my future looks like once I finish that, because I, I think I'm going to be on that same boat, and just extending days will be the most important. I think I told you before, and I'm sure all the other guys you've had on, I, I would be interested to hear their comments that have done this now. You know, I, I don't know if you guys ask them, like, if you would give advice to somebody else who's doing it or whatever. It'd be interesting to see because they all if say I could slow give down. anybody the advice. Yeah, you know, slow down. But on the flip side of that, I was talking to my friend Tanner here recently who finished it this year. And we talk about it all the time because he is like really involved with social media. So he will, he will tell me some things that happen relevant to the sport, you know, that are worthwhile or whatever. And he even made the comment a while back. He said, you know, I'm so glad I got this thing done when I did because everybody's doing it. And he's just like, he's just like, I can't get over the volume of people now who are chasing this thing. Yeah. And he said, I'm glad I just got it behind me so I can move on and not be caught up in the hoopla, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was kind of neat because, like, he just finished the thing just a few months ago, and he's already like, man, I'm glad that's behind me because of the – I don't know. You guys know more about it than me. I hope it's not losing its luster this quick, but – It is. It the, definitely is. I mean, I'm, I even personally have thought about it where I'm like, it's it's just not even, like, I don't know. It it feels like I'm just going to complete a grand slam, you know, get thrown in there with everybody, you know. <laughs> well, but uh, I mean, you say that, and for me, it's it's different because I'm doing it for me and yeah. not really anyone else. But when I started this thing, I mean, it was 2003 when I started it, and I don't know of anybody that was doing it at that point in time. I think I may have heard or seen a video of Eddie Salter where he mentioned something about trying to kill a turkey in every state, you know, probably around that same time. It might have been early 2000s. And, but it wasn't a thing. You know, it didn't have a name. And I don't know of anybody else that was trying to do it. The reason I wanted to do it is because it's more of that fix. Give me more. I want more. I need more. I've got to have more. And mm-hmm. I love traveling. And so... If I can, if I can combine my fix of turkey hunting with traveling and seeing this country, why in the world would I not do it? And so for me, I mean, can you think of anything better? Seriously, no, no, there's nothing better. No, that's fact. And, and you know, and I, but I look at that and I say, okay, well, that's what really intrigued me about it. And maybe I'm wrong, but 
I like to think that the majority of the people that are doing it right now are not not doing it to have their name on a plaque or in a you know on a website with the NWTF, but they're doing it to enjoy the sport and to travel and to see the country. And yeah. I know there's a bunch of people doing it just you know to have their name registered with NWTF. I'm not even registering my birds with them because it doesn't mean anything to me. And I'm, I'm not judging anybody that did or that does, but I'm doing it for me. And I'm doing it because the guys I'm doing it with are, you know, great friends or they're, they're brothers to me. And I can't think of, you know, at the time we all started this, three guys that I'd rather do it with. But, you know, now, I don't know, it just, it just seems like wherever you go now, it used to be 10 years ago, five years ago, you could knock on somebody's door out of state that had a bird strutting in a pasture outside their house and say, hey, you know, I'm from Alabama. I'm trying to kill a turkey in every state. And they their jaw would drop. You're from Alabama? What are you doing out here in Oregon? I'm trying to kill a turkey in every state. What? You're an idiot. And, you know, it was that whole, you're an idiot that made me want to do it. <laughs> They're sure. right. I'm an idiot. And now you go and you knock on a door in Oregon and somebody says, oh, yeah, we had a guy out here last year from Mississippi yeah, doing the same or thing five you're guys. doing. <laughs> so I don't know. It it, it it has lost some of the, I guess, shine to it, in my opinion. But that won't stop me from God willing from finishing it. And it won't stop me, God willing, from traveling after I do finish it to go back and see some of these friends that I've met and made along the way mm-hmm. so but if that's your reason behind doing it it will be very fulfilling when that day arrives oh yeah you'll you'll you will appreciate it at the utmost highest level and you can look back and reflect on the years and the effort and everything else sacrifices that it took to achieve that goal what i'm gathering which i don't know how accurate it is or not that a lot of the people now who are doing it and starting it are probably doing it because it's the new trend in turkey hunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, are they missing the boat of traveling? And like, but once again, if you're traveling and every moment of your trip is uploaded to your Instagram and you're 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 taking pic. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what all's on there. I don't I don't know, I don't know. So, are you doing it more for the actual adventure? Are you doing it more for the look at me factor? I don't know. And it's not, I'm in no position to make that call, but like, and I could care less, quite honestly, what anyone does. But I think at the end of the day, if you're making a mockery of what I love, I would be lying to you if they're at some point, if that didn't offend me a little bit, even Mm -hmm. though I shouldn't let it, I need to have thicker skin. I shouldn't worry about that. But for those of us that do love it and pour our souls into it, I think it's going to tick a lot of those guys off if you make a mockery of it just to get a little self-notarization or a couple more clicks or views or whatever the hell people are trying to get out of it. I don't know. but And that's kind of what Tanner and I were talking about. Like, how many of these kids are – I don't know. I don't know. It's – I just don't keep up with the media aspect of it enough to answer that question, but it sounds like it's very rampant now. Yeah, it definitely is. And yeah, I don't know. I've had you and we've had two other super, we had Tanner on. He was 
pretty much done last year, but he had a Y left, which he went out with grand fashion. And we've had yeah. Dave on and uh, Buds. We, we've had quite a few folks who've done this thing on him. And most all of them kind of say, man, slow it down. You know, yeah. take some time to actually enjoy the state you're in. And I'm I'm not fully there yet, but I think I might try to slow it down. And I guess for me, I've kind of been on a path of, I just always am like, you know, I'm going to finish this thing before I die. And, you know, I'm still young, but you never know what can happen. So if I can finish it in less years, I got a better chance, you know. <laughs> sure so sure it's kind of a thing like that but now i'm like you know i may just kind of make it a rule of like i'm gonna spend at least three days in any state that i step foot in or something like that because you know like minnesota for instance i was there for four hours did i really experience minnesota no you know i i I didn't experience anything about that state other than I went across the line whacked a turkey and left you know i mean that that's to me i I think i'm gonna try to calm down a little bit on it <laughs> if that makes sense and just i think i'm about to make that a rule of my own of like three day minimum per state kind of deal you know maybe not kentucky like what kentucky's gonna look just like it does here so i'm not as excited about that but like i don't want to go kill sure. one in oregon and be gone in five hours you know yeah you go kill one in a neighboring state that's a different story in my opinion it doesn't mean that that bird's sure. less special but you know mm-hmm. you, you, terrain you know yeah, you can go to Alabama. I can't imagine tomorrow morning. <laughs> I can't imagine a guy going to Mississippi and you know just be like, oh, you know, he killed ones right out of the gate. I think I'm just gonna stay here the rest of the week. <laughs> no, nah, man, you're gonna go home and get your weed eater out, and you're taking on chores. I'm just kidding, but I mean, yeah, there's some places that it's just like, all right, I'm well, let's Heck go yeah. somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Arkansas number one down. I can't wait to keep going here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he'll still be flopping. You'll be crossing the state line and yeah, he'll be running. flopping in the bed of the truck. <laughs> Thank God I'm done here. <laughs> uh, they'll think you shot him off the road or something. Like, no, man, I'm just getting the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man, yeah. that's good stuff. There's been, yeah. there's been a handful of states like that. Yeah, sure. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, man. This has been fun, Kenny. I've I've enjoyed it just like I enjoyed the first conversation. And you know, it's I don't know this the sport has gotten to where it's so much of a competition now, and you got guys that are trying to outdo one another and trying to beat this record or that record and everything else. And I, I think that you know the bird is probably the one thing that's going to suffer the most from that competition and and i know you kind of feel the same way that i do and uh, i just hate to see it It, it's gotten to where it's the focus has gotten away from turkey hunting and it's gotten to where what can i do to let everybody know i'm the best turkey hunter Mm -hmm. and i had a conversation go ahead sorry no i was just gonna say we we've had some of those guys on the show and and you know i consider some of those guys to be friends so, you know, but I'm I'm just saying it, it just seems like that's where the entire sport is going instead of just a select one or mm-hmm. two or three. So go ahead. That's sad, man. I mean, like, because you guys know more about the details on that because you talk to, you talk to more people in a week than I probably do a year. And I, in that conversation I had with Tanner, I, I asked him straight up, I said, what do you think are some of the things that are truly causing some of these issues that everybody keeps beating to death lately but 
rightfully so, it needs to be discussed. And social media was one of the things he mentioned. And I just can't imagine, you know, I mean, like, I don't know if, if there's if the, the volume of people that I believe are out there doing it for the reasons that you just mentioned, that is just frightening. I mean, it is just like, what in the world are these people thinking? But hey, I mean, everything in the world, you know, has just been so volatile the past few years, and it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. And I'm not saying that has anything to do with turkey hunting, but if the level, of, if if it's becoming so competitive where we're we're just stacking them up just to have the most pictures on Instagram or whatever, like he's mentioned to me of a few guys that are doing the slam. And they're hunting in excess of 20 states a spring. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah. I'm not there. judging somebody who's hunting 20 states a spring. If anything, I'm jealous because I don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine hunting 20 states. You could do the U.S. Super Slam in, let's just say, worst case, three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine killing a U.S. Super Slam in three years. Like, I'm not saying you should. there should be a time limit on it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not judging those guys. I'm just like, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around it. I'm like, that's pretty impressive because you look at people like Dave and stuff who can turkey hunt all season long. They're not hunting 20 states. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to do it like Dave or you need to be like this guy or whatever. I wish I could do 20, to be honest with you, not for competitive reasons, just to know I have that flexibility. I still don't think if you told me I can hunt next spring, March 1st to June the 5th or whatever, I don't know if I could fit 20 states in there. That's booking, you know? <laughs> but I don't think I'd want to. I don't know, man. Yeah, it'd be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I just wouldn't want to. I mean, it's not you know it's it's not what's important to me and and now you know i'm at that point where yes i want to finish it don't get me wrong and and i tell you i think about this often the reason the number one reason that i want to finish it is because there's one person that's watching me there's one person that's paying attention to me one person who's asking me every single year where are you going this year who's on this journey with me, but has yet to make a single trip out of state with me, who has yet to go turkey hunting with me out of state anywhere. And that's my dad. And he's 78 years old. And part of me thinks that if I don't finish it while he's still walking this earth, that I'm going to be disappointed Mm -hmm. because he's watching. But he's not watching because he wants to know that I finished. He's watching because he loves to watch me doing what I love to do. And he's watching me because he loves to travel and he loves hearing the stories that I come back with because I've always loved hearing his stories from all of his hunting trips over all these years. But part of me still deep down inside thinks I've got to finish this before I don't have an opportunity to look him in the eye and say, I did it. Yeah. I don't know any more motivation a man needs. Go get it done. I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Go finish I mean, it, that's, man. that's, you know, in your heart, if that's the reason. For that. Yeah. Yeah. In your heart, if that's what you're doing for, and you know, it's going to make him proud, especially if he's 78, um, then there's no explanation needed. I mean, because really, if a man is doing it for external reasons, you know, like the congratulatory post from people you don't even know. I don't know. I think I agree with you. I think they're going to miss the point. It's, it's, we're not, who are we to judge what the hell those people do or yeah. how they end up enjoying yeah. it or not? But 
it's just frustrating, I think, because of it's like Cameron said earlier, you know, the turkey's losing a little bit of his notoriety here. I mean, like, this isn't all about us. This isn't about me and you and Cameron and Tanner and Doc Weddle. It isn't about us killing these turkeys. I mean, we can't forget the turkeys. It's it's if you if you if he, if, you, if you don't give him any respect in this game, then what the hell are you doing? It's not about us, and that's one that's one reason I've never jumped on the the bandwagon of promoting myself on social media or whatever because I don't give a dang what any of your guests or people post on your accounts or whatever. I'm not buying that they're doing it for any other reason other than their own self-satisfaction. That may sound negative. It may be callous, but once again, why in the hell else would you do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that's correct. I mean, if if there's good, valid reasons to do it, tell me because that way I can take a step back, take a deep breath, and focus on something else. Yeah. Why else would you do it? I mean, I get it. I mean, if you kill the super slam, and if you want to put it on there, if, if that's totally newsworthy, I get it. But so many people. I don't know. They do it. Just why else do you do it? I mean, I'm, I mean, if you're chasing the slam and you kill a turkey in Oregon and you want to put it on there, fine or whatever. But at the end of the day, really, what are you doing it for? Yep. I don't know. I think it goes back to those guys you were talking about in the books and, and the old guys from when we grew up turkey hunting, Andy, that were like, and, and Cameron's mentor that were kind of, you know, less known, operated under the radar, like, I don't know. I, I guess that's my problem. I'm comparing what's going on today to what went on then, and you just realistically can't do that, I guess. So. Yeah, they're so far apart. And yeah, they flew under the radar, but they also—it's like they commanded the respect of like the hunting community in their in their areas because people knew, like, hey, that that guy's a turkey hunter. You know, he he can go kill turkeys. He has a skill that not many possess, kind of thing. And that, yeah, it really was. Yeah. It was like a law. I mean, it was like this truly just hard to come by art. Yeah, that was learned because they either went out there and just were so persistent that they wouldn't lose, or they were lucky enough to catch the eye of the last guy that knew how to do it. You know, <laughs> and I don't know. It's just you know, you get on social media in the spring right now. There's just dead turkeys everywhere that contributes to the oh, this is so easy you know I, I even have people will say to me and it almost like offends me because they're like man you, you had a great spring you killed so many birds that just you know you make it look easy and i'm like god i hate i hate hearing that i don't want anybody to think any turkey's ever easy some of them are but i just want i, I want them to still be that a turkey like this is the the ultimate hunt is to call up and kill a turkey. That's like Golva said. I mean, you're going to earn every one of them. You may you may stumble on one that falls in your lap, but you're going to earn him down the road. You're going to mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to hit some valleys that you wonder if you're going to come out of. And I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've been doing it. I don't care if last year you you couldn't make a mistake, or three years in a row you couldn't make a mistake. If you think you're above the game and you're invincible, you are going to run into something that is totally going to ground you that you're wondering how the heck you ever picked one up out of the leaves. And if a turkey hunter hasn't experienced that yet, they either haven't hunted enough or they're getting closer each season because <laughs> nobody nobody out there is above the turkey in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, there's guys that can go out there and kill 
a large majority of the turkeys they encounter, but they can't kill all of them. Yep. And they're not going to kill all of them. And you, you know, you, you just got to weather the storm, so to speak. And because it some days and some seasons, it's never going to rain. And some seasons you're, you're going to be wet from day one, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dead on, man. So you you yeah. earn them all just in, in some way, shape, form or fashion. That's right. That's right. Man, yeah. we've kept you on here for over an hour. And I got to tell you, I think you've, you offer a different perspective than we hear from a lot of folks, and I think it's good to have. A I hope that's not bad, is it? No, no, I I agree with almost everything you've said, probably everything actually, and it's refreshing to have someone's perspective who doesn't do social media at all, you know, because it most of the people we have on here are promoting you know a lot over social media and things like that. So it is different to have a perspective from somebody who doesn't at all. And it's refreshing, and and I think I think you hit the nail on the head on a lot of points. So I think that's why people, you know, people that have reached out and said they wanted to hear you on the podcast again. One of their main comments was like, "Man, he just seems real. Like he just there's no BS in this. You know, he he's just telling you how it is." And I'm like, "Yeah, that, that seems like what Kenny does." So I appreciate you doing that again for us. I think in today's world, though, being real is 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 a very fine line to walk because everybody wants to be told things that they want to hear i mean we all do don't get me wrong but that's not how the ball bounces in life it's not how it bounces in turkey hunting and it seems like times are getting pretty brittle in this sport and you know i would be lying to you if i told you i didn't have to stick my head in it on some of the uh, forums online you know, there's only a couple of them that I know of and, and, and see what's going on from time to time. And it's just, it's become so much more negative, it seems like. And it's just like, we got to critique how the next guy does it all the time. And our way is the best way. And mm-hmm. the YouTube stuff and all this other stuff. And it's just like, if you turkey hunt in today's world and you turkey hunted 10 years ago, and you don't see a difference what's going on in the woods, and you don't see a difference amongst the people you're bumping into now in the woods, man, you've, you're, you need to go get your eyes checked because it's a different game. It's a different game. And I, I don't know about you, Andy, but I don't really know it's trending in the right direction, you know, really at all. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, it can be negative, well, but it is what it is. You and I would be perfectly happy if – we were the only two people in the woods in Alabama in a in a turkey season and might be even more happy. I might be even more happy. I can say it for me. I can't say it for you. If I knew you were not in there and it was just me <laughs> in the woods in Alabama. But, you know, that that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, this sport, I think, has made us all insane. And I know it's made me insane because... Sure. And Cameron and I laugh and joke about this all the time about how weird we turkey hunters are. Can you think of anything in this world that, uh, you know, a part of you wants to kill every single one of them and then another part of you wants every single one of them to live and be around for tomorrow? It's just, it is the weirdest sport. It's the weirdest thing. We are the weirdest people in the world and you can't you can't explain that to someone who doesn't get it because it doesn't make sense to people who don't do it so (laughs) and we we don't i don't want anyone else doing it 
I want to be the only one doing it and the only one enjoying it, but I want everybody to enjoy it with me because things are more fun when you're able to share them with others, people that you care about. But I don't want yeah. anybody else doing if, it. If they, if they, it, only if they appreciate it like you do like and do. they see it the way mm-hmm. you see it. Because yeah. I've taken people in the past because for the majority of my early years and still to this day, um, you want to talk about weird. Um, I just, I never, and really don't want to take anyone turkey hunting, A, who just wants to kill a turkey, okay? B, if I feel like they aren't going to try to soak everything up that we do, and if we kill one, great, you really don't have to soak it up if we kill one. But if you're just out there to kill a turkey and just, that's it, you know, then we're not even, I'm not even going to go with you. And I know that's shallow, but you know what? I am shallow. I am selfish. I am a prick in the turkey season because when you get my age, they only last a few days. Used to, you'd be like, God almighty, I got, I mean, I've been getting up now for 45 days and I got 20 more. Now the first of March and the end of June, it's a blur. It just, it just, it just goes right by. Mm -hmm. So I value every day of it. And it's a serious deal. And I'm not going to waste one morning with some jack leg who just wants to shoot a turkey. But so what you well, you really brought up a good point a minute ago, it is so unique because when you, I don't know about you guys, but when I put my vest on and I start walking, I got one goal yeah. and it's not Chill. to listen to the red birds and it's not to listen to how cool that crow sounded or look at the sunrise. It's to kill a turkey. That's it. I'm there. To, I'm there. I'm putting my helmet on. I'm strapping my cleats on and I'm going to hit you with everything I've got. Mm-hmm. That's just how I'm wired. But what's so awkward is the shots probably still echoing through the valley. And if you don't feel some kind of remorse or the moment's bittersweet, I don't know how to explain it. It's just really weird because, like, it's not a blood sport for me. It's not hooping and hollering and slinging slinging his body around and holding him up and looking at his spurs and just dropping him on the ground or pitching him to the side. I see guys all the time, man, that have been doing this a long time. You'll see him on the videos and stuff, and they'll just pick the turkey up, look at him, and just kind of plop him on the ground. I want to wrap my hand around that guy's throat. I'm like, dude, come on, man. I mean, what are you doing? Like, I mean, you've lost all my respect, even if you probably never had it to start with. But seriously, like, that's what's so awkward because or odd because all we want to do is kill him. But the minute you kill him, if you don't feel just kind of weird about it, and like, why the heck do we do it? I just can't answer that. It's just, it's above my level of comprehension because you've never wanted to kill something you love as much as a turkey. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I look at it. You know, like yeah. I don't ever look back on a dead turkey and I'm running around the yard doing cartwheels, shooting off fireworks. I kill it, you know, Rapunzel, Rapunzel, I killed a turkey, whatever. It's just like a bittersweet deal. Yeah, you're happy. But it's a different kind of happy than if you just got a $10,000 a year raise or something, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That was kind of a deep, deep explanation, but he brought up a good point with that. And that's, I think a lot of people, and it goes back to the, what you guys were talking about earlier, you know, with the the numbers and the way people are doing it now, they don't give a damn about what they've just done other than the fact of, Hey, I got a dead Turkey. Mm-hmm. There's just so much more to it than that, man. It's like if you can't, if you don't treat him with the utmost respect and 
I don't know, man. They're just they're so special and they mean so much. And if you if I often say to myself, and I'll end it on this, I wish I could sit there as weird as it sounds. I wish I could sit there and just talk to like an old four year old turkey and have him tell me what he's dealt with in his life. I can't imagine. I mean, it's just like you hate to kill him because he's made it so far. Yeah. But every day you don't want a coyote getting him. Yeah, really. Like, I just can't imagine. So, I mean, I think a lot of people that maybe, maybe people like me and some of the guys I hunt with, maybe we are too weird. Andy, maybe we're too shot out because we respect and care about the birds that much. Doesn't mean we don't want to kill one every day we hunt them, but the level of respect is probably (laughs) too high, if that makes sense. Yeah. I know that was weird, but you're right. We're the weirdest bunch of people I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't think there's any debating that. I don't think anybody can, can take an opposing side to that. We're some pretty strange folks, but quirky we, and, and everything. Yeah. You, you make a good point about the trigger pull, man. For me, it's, it's like this balloon is inflating with all this adrenaline and it's battle going on. And then when you pull that trigger, it's like, it just pff, all goes out. It's over, you know? And I, I'm happy. Yeah, it's just. But at the same time, it's like it's done. You know, he's he's dead. Yeah. I gotta go. You know, spend my time with him and enjoy. You know, the meals he provides and stuff. But I gotta go find another one to try to do that with. This one's been been used. You know, I've done it. It's like getting a date with Jennifer Aniston and just to find out she's got stinky breath. I mean, you like you've waited. You know, you've waited forever for this moment. Here she is. You know, Brad's done with her. She's all yours, and next thing you know, man, she, her breath's so foul you can't even get close. And it's just like, what do you do? It's just deflating. And I mean, mm-hmm. in all honesty, a, a gobbler is far more important than a moment with Jennifer Aniston. I was just trying to shed some light on it, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's weird that, it's, that non-turkey hunters can, can yeah. appreciate and, and relate. Yeah, there you to. go. Yeah, hairy-chested, yeah, stinky it's breath for sure, man. Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> I'd still give it a shot there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. But anyway. All right, guys. Kenny, Kenny, I sure appreciate it, man. You you are the man. Thank you for coming on. I'm glad to hear you had a a fun season, even though you may have been surrounded by more folks than you wanted to be. But it sounded like a good one. I hope you don't suffer too much the next you know seven months man just glad to be alive and i just hope we all get to hope we all get to strap our boots on next year and, and go do what we love and just you know don't take it for granted because as you'll see when you get older like andy and i are talking about they just fly by i mean next thing you know i mean it's the season's come and gone and you're thinking what the hell am i going to do next year and just i don't know we're just so lucky to be able to do this and it's just it amazes me the people that have hunted their whole lives and never turkey hunted or the people I've seen turkey hunt and witness what we've witnessed and it just not click or register with them. It's just, it's just so cool because like, it's like Andy said, I don't want anyone doing it, but me, but at the end of the day, it's nice to have good people who do it and, and love what you love and can talk about it and, and just kind of somewhat be on the same page, you know? Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, Kenny. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you giving us your time and sharing some knowledge with us as well. And this has been fun. Let's do it again sometime soon. Absolutely, guys. Have a good evening and have a great summer. And it was good to talk to both of you. You too, Kenny. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. So, Buddy, take a deep breath. Let's just, you know, that was a lot. It's a lot. And now I 
I bet everyone knows why I introed the show the way that I did. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most of the people listening to this episode are probably looking at themselves right now and saying the same exact thing that I said. I don't yeah. like what the sport makes me do, but I'm not going to change it. No, no. Are probably more similar than we are separate in our thoughts because I'd say all three of us kind of, y'all have a different perspective because you actually have lived longer and through kind of this change in the sport. But I kind of can put myself in that camp because I'm, I'm an old soul of turkey hunting. You know, I'm... <laughs> I read up on the yeah. history and all that stuff, and I kind of put myself in there because I can see how it used to be through literature and things like that, but I didn't actually get to live it. So it's interesting to hear y'all's perspective, especially. Because, I mean, all this is new. I mean, this social media age of turkey hunting is is brand spanking new. We just hopped in it a couple years ago, and it's really off the ground running now. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. And for anyone who's been turkey hunting for more than, gosh, 10 well, let's go longer than that. Let's go 13 to 15 years. You know what it was like to want to learn the sport, but be presented with any and every obstacle that you could possibly come up against in order to try to learn the sport. The The old turkey hunters were so hush mouth. I mean, Cameron, you mentioned it in the interview your mentor, he's the same way today, still. Oh, Lord, you, well, I've told you the stories. Listeners, you, you can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, but that's, if this guy gave you a high five, he wouldn't want you to tell anybody about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> but that's what made turkey hunting so awesome. Exclusive. Well, one of the know. things. But truly, I mean, we know what makes turkey hunting so awesome, and that is the wild turkey. That is what the spirit of turkey hunting was about. You were a member of a select group, the chosen few, so to speak, if you yep. were a turkey hunter. And now that mystique is gone. Yep. The hunter has lost his mystique, and the turkey has lost a lot of his lore. Yeah. And that's kind of what we talked about. And that, I don't think there's any way you can argue against either of those points. To me, I mean, the turkey back in the day, you know, did not hear many birds. Even when there were turkeys coming back, you know, people that killed a turkey, that was a big deal when you harvested a turkey. Nowadays, it's just so we're so inundated with, oh, I killed this, I killed that. You know, I shot 25 this year. I made you kill, you know. Yeah. We're just losing that, you know. Oh, I, I, I didn't even kill one this year, but listen to these stories. You know, that's the kind of stuff I feel like gave the turkey his lore, and he's lost it. And then you hit a nail on the head with, we used to have an exclusive club, and now it's just it's just too freaking easy to kill turkeys. And I, nobody's going to convince me otherwise that this is not the easiest time on earth to kill turkeys. I, I don't know, short of heat-seeking missiles, what else we can do to make it easier. <laughs> Well, you know, you take away the, the tools that we have to do it, the new and improved tools with these incredible chokes, these amazing shotgun shells that we have, these guns that are engineered to do things that engineers only dreamed of guns doing even 20 years ago. Yeah, De decoys that'll fool the human eye. I mean, oh, yeah. decoys are so realistic now. You take compared to the little foam things they used to throw out. 
take those tools away and it's still easier because you have YouTube, you have Google, you have Onyx, man. I mean, that's a huge deal. Onyx, you're exactly right. Yeah. That's a huge, I remember specifically in college, I I can't remember if I said this already, but in college when I, before I had Onyx, I set up on a turkey and he's hammering, 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 hammering. You know, I'm somewhere I'd never been and he never came to me. Well, I stood up after he left and walked down there. There was a creek between us. Yep. I didn't even know it was there because yep. I didn't have cell service and I wasn't using my Onyx maps. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, that never happens. If I hear a turkey gobble, I know exactly what's between me and him. And I can get on the other side before I call to him. You know, I mean, that right there is a huge advantage. And it's a weird deal, man, because a lot of these companies, I, I'd venture to say most of these companies, Apex Ammo, Onyx, they're good people. You know, okay. and they have a great product. Oh, yeah. And I respect the heck out of them. Like, I have nothing against the companies when I'm saying any of this. I'm just saying it's just gotten so easy to kill turkeys. And I don't really know what the fix for that is because we, we got to do something. I mean, we, there's got to be a line in the sand at some point that says this is too easy, too readily available to too many people, can't be good for the bird. Where's the line in the sand? But at the same time, I don't want Apex Ammo going out of business. I think those guys are great. You know, I want them to keep doing their thing. It's just where's that line and how do we how do we do it? You know, because yeah. for me, I don't want the easiness or the ease with which people can kill turkeys now to make it where we all have a two week season and a one bird limit for me. And that part of that's selfish, maybe. But Oklahoma's a one bird state now. Arkansas is one bird. We're headed that direction. I want the opportunity to keep hunting and hunt for me, you know, taking people's fine and dandy, but I, I sure like carrying the gun myself quite a bit. So it's just, we're either going to have to take away some of this stuff or we're going to lose bag limit and season dates. That's the only way I can see, that's the only two ways I can see things happening. Well, that is why I named the show today, The Hypocrite Podcast. Because we want to make laws and regulations that limit our ability to use these tools so that we can continue to have opportunities to kill more turkeys. But yet we use these tools that make killing turkeys easier every single time we go out almost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would have to relearn how to hunt if I didn't have onyx. You know, I'd have to almost relearn how I used to hunt. Or program your brain to be able to be photographic and take a picture of that map before you leave the house. Yeah. Just simple things like directional, you know, it it just, I knowing I have Onyx readily available, I don't have to remember right where that Turkey gobbled directionally. I got a pin on it, you know, Mm -hmm. I just keep walking. You know, it's just things changed with that. And so if they did, if somehow they took crutches away, such as that, you'd have to almost relearn older ways of hunting, you know, <laughs> it Absolutely. would be crazy. Yeah. Which right. wouldn't all be a bad thing. I mean, it's woodsmanship. woodsmanship. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Well, I anyway. enjoyed the heck out of that conversation. I mean, it just, you know, it's one of those things that in my opinion makes you just stop and take a good long look at yourself. And I've looked at myself and I still say, I'm not going to change anything. Yeah. I mean, we also, you know, that was pretty deep conversation surrounding the sport. We also need to just take a breath at some points and say, you know, this is also for fun, you know, for enjoyment yeah. and for camaraderie and, you know, 
enjoy getting away from work and, and those type of things. So you got to kind of scale back at some point and realize, you know, I want people to have fun too. So it's, it's not all about all this stuff, but I think it is important to discuss it. But at the, at the same time, we don't need to get too serious to a point where we're chastising other people or getting offended by things. And I respect everybody out there, you know, well, most everybody, but it's, it's still a sport for fun. You know, it is as much as I love the turkey and turkey hunting. Yeah. So it's gotten a lot of turkey hunt has gotten to be a competition and, you know, I get it. I like a competition as much as anybody else does. But when you have someone out there who says, I want to die with the most grand slams. I want to be the person that when he dies, he has the most super slams. I want to be the first person to kill a grand slam in 24 hours. I want to be the first person to do this. I want to be the first person to do that. I want to be the first person to do this. At that point in time, the sport is not about turkey hunting. About you. The sport is about me. Yeah. And it's when we lose sight of what this sport is about, it's about the wild turkey. When we lose sight of that, I think we've taken a pretty big step in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought a lot about that, man, because I'll be honest, at one point I wanted to be the youngest person to kill the Super Slam. That's not really, uh, I've decided that's not what I'm going to do. And I've decided, I I guess, my lifelong goal for turkey hunting, I I am going to kill the Super Slam if I live long enough, which hopefully will only be a couple more years. But lifelong goal, I hope I kill the heck out of the turkeys. I hope I kill so many turkeys and enjoy it in every way possible. But at the same time, I hope when I die that there's more turkeys on this earth than when I entered it because of me. So that's my goal. I want to kill the heck out of them, but I want to help propagate the heck out of them too. Maybe we should start having different kinds of competitions. You know, yeah. I, want I heard to be the, the most person. gobbles on my property. <laughs> yeah. Or I want to be the person who donated the most time to NWTF or to Turkeys for Tomorrow. I want to be the person who set up the first fundraiser in the city of Birmingham for Turkeys for Tomorrow or Nashville or Memphis or Jackson, Tennessee or New York City. And maybe we need to start wanting to be the first person who did something to give back to the wild turkey in some shape, form or fashion instead of making it about me when it comes to hunting if we don't get that mentality we're not gonna have turkeys very long only reason they're here right now people cared enough to bring them back and if we don't get that mentality of what can i do to help put more turkeys on the landscape me just me what can i do we got to get more of that going or yeah. we're in a bad way yeah so very good man you didn't give a countdown by the way oh you, you know got what all somber right out the gate and no well, countdown was it <laughs> Was it somber or just serious? I guess it was, this was a serious episode. No yeah. somber. It was serious, but we still had a lot of laughs. And uh, well, you can't have Kenny on the phone and not get a good laugh every now and then. Uh, that's very true. That's very true. But with that said, we are 260 days, 9 hours, 51 minutes, and naught seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. How about Tennessee? 267, 9 hours, 18 minutes, and 48 seconds. Hey, Things when, will be rocking. When do you think you'll hear if there's going to be any changes to Tennessee's season? 
I've heard nothing so far, and I'm confused as to why. I thought at the last meeting they were going to be talking about it, but they did not. So I got to figure that out. And I know they're doing a big quail study. They're getting really fired up about the quail here. They want to bring them back. I'm more power to them. They can figure out how to bring back the freaking quail. I'm in. And I think if they can bring back the quail, that's going to bring back turkeys too. Because quail and turkeys, very similar habitat, very similar birds. One's just a little smaller. Mm-hmm. But they didn't discuss it at the last meeting. I haven't heard anything about it. They may not change a thing. I'm not sure. So I know, I don't think they're going to increase the bag limit back to four. I know that. No. <laughs> so no. it, it's definitely going to be sticking around three. You know, I'll be, I'm very interested in this next upcoming season with the Super Slam being as popular as it is, will there actually be less pressure in Tennessee next year? Because it seemed like everybody came here this year. So, like, does that mean everybody got, you know, most everybody checked it off and will be headed off? Or is it going to be even worse? Who knows? But I think that's going to be interesting for me from a non-resident pressure standpoint. Yeah. But, well, I don't know. I know we still have a fall season barely everybody on earth is attacking fall seasons around the earth i don't really think fall turkey hunting's the problem personally judging by there's like 20 people that do it (laughs) (laughs) if they if they would make it where you had to buy a fall turkey permit and you couldn't just shoot one with your bow while you're deer hunting uh, i bet you'd see a huge decrease in fall turkey harvest absolutely so maybe push for that because I truly don't think that pure fall turkey hunters are the issue out there today. And that's an honest opinion because I don't even know another fall turkey hunter around here, to be honest. I don't know a single one. <laughs> and I yeah. know a lot of turkey hunters. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I, I briefly mentioned that because I saw, you know, Oklahoma dropped to a one bird limit. I don't know if you saw that. I did but, not, but I heard you say that a minute ago. Yeah. Oklahoma is a one bird state now, statewide, the entire state, one bird. They moved the season dates back another two weeks, and it's down to one turkey, which is hard to believe because I had always heard of Oklahoma, you know, a couple of years ago. Stories from Oklahoma are always, it was incredible. Yeah. But I've talked to people who live out there. They said, you know, roosts that used to have hundreds of turkeys, literally hundreds, will have 15 to 20 now. Yeah. That's scary stuff. So Oklahoma is one bird state, and I, I just saw some people bantering on it on Facebook and half the people on there are like they just get rid of the fall season i'm like how many people actually fall turkey hunt i mean i don't think that's the problem <laughs> right so especially with it being bearded bird only in the fall which it is in tennessee and oklahoma i mean that that really makes it tough how many people kill fall gobbler so yeah. anyway yeah. interesting news out of oklahoma though to see that I, I was i was shocked to be honest well they were what a two bird limit stayed anyway i believe there were three actually okay it went from three to one and i think it was three total but you could only kill like one out of a certain region and kind of like how arkansas i think you can kill two statewide but you can only shoot one in the zone one area that's kind of how oklahoma was but now it's just statewide one bird yeah but hey if that turns oklahoma into what i've seen in some other one bird states they're going to be all right in a couple of years. Yeah, you're right. So. Oklahoma's got something beyond its control that it has to contend with, and that's drought. Yeah, it's tough, man. I, I just, we talk all day, but I don't really get 
you know, they should just take weather, everything into account, and set seasons and limits based on what the flock looks like. That's just been my opinion. I know that would take more time and effort, but, you know, some years you got way more turkeys than you do other years, and their lifespan's not exactly very long. Get a banner crop, let people shoot a couple more. Struggling, one bird, you know. Time and effort means money, and that's the problem. Money makes the world go round. Yep, but, you know, for those states that complain that they don't have enough money, and they may not, truly may not have enough money. A turkey stamp, a turkey tag, it's a great way to keep count, to keep some stats, and make some mo' money. Yep. So I know Tennessee's charging 300 bucks a pop for non-residents and 45% increase. I'm ready to see what what that does for the turkeys. Yeah, I think more states need to do that as well. And that's coming from somebody who still has nine to hit before he finishes a super slam, you know. So I say raise them. I say I want to see the money go back to turkeys. (laughs) I agree with you. I agree. I don't want to see CWD research. I want to see that 45% spring increase go to turkeys. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, so, I think we've talked enough for this week's show, man. It's like two hours long now. I know it. I know. Yeah. Everybody's getting tired. Their real Cajun market sausage has been thawed out for an hour, and they're just waiting to cook it. I oh, mean, my gosh. I cooked some as an appetizer for the 4th of July. I had the brown sugar and maple. Mm. Oh, my gosh. It was on the, on the pellet grill. Oh, it was so good. Oh, yeah. I had that one in Georgia with Matt Coker. We were camping out together, and I cooked those brown sugar and maple ones up, just skillet seared them. Those are bomb, dude. Yeah. And I made, you know, I told you I was making that recipe. Yeah, how'd that turn out? I ate, I'm like ashamed. If you read in the Bible what the sin of gluttony is, (laughs) I committed it. There's like three times over. It. Yeah, it, it had me with a real Cajun market sausage bowl full of vegetables and sausage. <laughs> that was that was me. <laughs> I love it. That, that was the description. I, I'm telling you, dude. I I don't even know how much, how many of those things I ate, but it, it was crazy. It was really good, simple recipe. I'll, I'll share it sometime for everybody. It, it was excellent. But if you want to get in on that action, what we're talking about is the real Cajun market. They make pre-cooked, handmade, all-quality ingredients by Chef Cullen Lord. Puts these together. You can have it shipped right to your doorstep. Comes in a little freezer box. They're amazing. Super easy to heat up. You can make complex recipes, or you can just heat them up, eat them. Or you can eat them cold. I was eating some of them, just chopping them up and eating them while I was cooking. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, holy cow, I'm going to get some for the duck blind this winter but if you want in on that action you need to contact the real cajun market on instagram or facebook or you can contact cullen lord on instagram or facebook or you can call cullen's wife ann lord and her phone number is 678-471-1150 that is 678-471-1150 one one five zero and when you call to place your order be sure that you tell them you heard about them on the turkey hunter podcast absolutely check that out you will not regret that decision and they are the sponsor one and only sponsor of this week's show with kenny mount and every week's show in the past for this year so reach out, support them. By supporting them, you're supporting us. 
and we greatly appreciate it. We truly do. Yes, indeed. Let's skip a favor for the week because we've gone on so long, and let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> favor of the week is don't get tired of hearing us because that was a long show. <laughs> it was a long show, but it was a good one. So the favor right, of the man, week is tune it. in next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't get too tired of us. See you next week. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.